Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Hi there, welcome back to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods, and thanks for joining us as we talk about ways to add more science, technology, engineering, and math to your everyday classroom and everyday life. With me today, we get to talk to a fantastic educator uh, from the Boston area. Uh, we have Christine Cunningham with us today. Welcome, Christine. Good to be here. Well, uh, I got to say, I'm I'm really excited to talk with someone who, who in in my mind is is kind of like a must be a celebrity uh, because because you just recently won an, an award for uh, for the educational work that you're doing. Uh, you work with a program and you founded a program called EIE, which is um, well, tell us, what's EIE? So EIE stands for Engineering is Elementary. And we started about 14 years ago thinking about how we can introduce students in schools, not only to the natural world around them in the form of science, but also to the engineered or human-made world around them in the form of engineering. Okay. Um, we spend you know, 98% of our time interacting with products of the human-made world, but they hadn't had any experience in schools. So we started to think about how we could bring that into classroom instruction. And that, and that kind of built right out of uh, your position. You work at the Museum of Science in, in Boston, correct? Yes. And you guys, you guys have like a million, million and a half people that come through there every year. We have millions of people. Yeah, about a million, I think 0.2 right now. So we're very busy, particularly in summertime and um, holidays. Hey, quick question. So when you see, um, when you see, uh, you know, kids coming through, I would, I would assume a lot of kids come through with parents. Um, and and do, do you see a lot of parents actually really engaging with those kids uh, in on those uh, science and uh, experiments and activities and things? Yes, I'd say many of our exhibits and programs are designed to draw people and particularly groups of people in. So oftentimes the parents, you know, will stand back initially and then they'll get sucked in and sometimes <laughs> they'll even take over. Um, so it's really fun to see, you know, kids in, in multiple generations trying to either solve some sort of engineering problem or work on a, a science challenge together. That's great. Cause, cause that one thing that I, I, I fear so much and partly it's because of these engineered devices that we hold in our hands and you see a lot of parents, you know, really taking a hands-off approach to, to spending time and doing things together with their kids. And they're just, they're content to sit on a bench and watch, uh, watch their phone while their kids play. You know, not at our museum. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Um, so, so you work at the science uh, museum in Boston um, and, and you decided you wanted to start this, this engineering is elementary, uh, EIE.org uh, for any of you educators, definitely check it out. There's, there's a ton of great stuff to learn about this program. Uh, why did you decide to start it? Um, we were interested in how we could help teachers and more importantly, their students learn more about this human made or engineered world around us. Okay. Um, and when we started, um, engineering at the elementary level was unheard of. In mm -hmm. fact, people thought I was a little crazy when I talked about it, um, in part because they didn't have any models for what engineering might look like with young children. And I like to say, you know, kids naturally engineer. If you watch yeah. any 
three or four year old, they build sandcastles and forts and ski jumps and they build things, they knock them down, they build them again. Um, but yet we had been educating those kinds of inclinations out of children. And yeah. so we started to think about what we might do. And I hadn't been working at the elementary level. I had been working at the middle school and high school level. Um, so that's actually, I think, a really good thing because I could assume I knew very little and, and had to rely on um, classroom teachers to help us think about what engineering might look like with young children. Um, and so we worked very, very closely with now hundreds, if not thousands of teachers across the United States um, to develop curricular materials that they could use to introduce their children to engineering in age appropriate ways. Um, but then we also needed to worry about um, how those teachers would come to understand engineering and how to teach it. And so we quickly um, started some professional development um, programs. And then finally, since we you know, are engineers and scientists by mm -hmm. um, training and affiliation, um, we do a lot of research and data collection to understand whether what we're doing is meeting our objectives and goals and also understand, you know, how do kids most um, effectively learn engineering and what can we do to make what we develop better or more valuable to um, classroom teachers. Great, great. And so so it wasn't just a curriculum invented by some professors sitting in a box in a in a research lab. This is this is real stuff. It's with those those real uh, boots on the ground teachers that, that know yep. that know what those kids are are going through and learning and and what they can do and handle and what they're interested in. Yeah, without the classroom teachers, there's no way we could have done this. Um, initially, when I reached out to four, we started with four districts around us. Um, my request of the principal was only that um, they could recommend two teachers um, who weren't afraid to teach STEM. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that they had done it, they just weren't afraid. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, teachers are really good and understand children really well. And so together we were able to um, think about what makes sense. How do we take some of the ideas and principles that practicing engineers or I had been doing engineering at the high school level did and really distill them to you know, their bare essence so that young children can learn them um, and can work with each other to solve problems. But even now, whenever we develop anything, um, it's not one or two teachers, it's you know, dozens if not hundreds of teachers um, are very generous with their time and with their expertise to review anything that we do um, and tell us how to make it better. So uh, we have, you know, we've gotten better over time, but I'd say in our initial curricula, about maybe 10% <laughs> hmm. currently is in the, you know, finalized versions. And now I'd say we are more like 50% yeah. uh, because things, you know, you just can't predict what's going to work or not work if you're really thinking innovatively and trying to um, bring some different things in. So the teachers are just, you know, fabulous collaborators in helping us to shape or um, reshape what we're doing to make sure it works with their yeah. students in their classrooms. And, and and what you're just describing is the engineering process, right? Yes, I like to say we engineer curricula. Yeah, yeah, you're designing it and then you're refining it. Um, 
You know, uh, just listening to you, you talk, I mean, you, you said you guys have uh, different curriculums available. Again, it's on EIE.org. Uh, and they're self-contained units. Uh, they're, uh, there are different programs. And, and really, there's a wide variety. I was looking, and a lot of them seemed really interesting. Designing bridges, designing walls, designing water filters, uh, designing knee braces, uh, different levels, different grade levels, uh, units about helmets or bioplastics, uh, prosthetic tails for fish. I mean, interesting stuff that, you know, some teachers are going to say, hey, that's that's kind of a little bit tricky. Do I really know everything about that? Oh, we like to tell teachers they know, you know, pretty much everything they need to know to teach engineering at the elementary level. <laughs> For instance, one of the things I'll ask is one of our units, and each of our units at the elementary level integrates with a commonly taught science topic. So for instance, most children will learn about life cycles of plants or life cycles of insects mm-hmm. at some point during elementary school. Again, so, that's that that's that natural science that's really a huge part of the curriculum right now. Right. And so we try to think about how do we take what they're learning in their science class and ask them to apply that knowledge because they learn things better when they apply um, knowledge to an engineering challenge that focuses on a specific field of engineering. And in our case, with the plants and insects unit, um, we're focusing on agricultural engineering. And we ask children to design a hand pollinator that can help pollinate Mm -hmm. a model flower. And so we give the children various materials, pom-poms and pipe cleaners and marbles and erasers and tinfoil and have them design a device that can pick up pollen or in our case, baking soda, because nobody's allergic to it, um, from (laughs) one model flower and drop it off in another model flower. And for adults, when you ask them, you know, what would pick up pollen better, a pom-pom or a marble, the vast majority of adults can answer that question, recognizing that things that are fluffy um, tend to adhere in a little tiny particles. That is not the case for a six-year-old. They do not have that understanding of materials and their properties yet. And so that kind of knowledge, which most adults develop over time through interaction with their world, is engineering knowledge, is what you need to know Um, to be able to put together a design. So once elementary teachers realize that that's what we're talking about is really thinking carefully and giving students experiences to have them um, understand how materials work and what the relevant properties are, um, they could become much more comfortable with the word engineering and how to teach it in their classrooms. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a bunch of calculus and it's not a bunch of rocket science and 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 things like that. It's it's just real life application. It's problem solving. It's it's how to fix something, how to make something better. Yeah. Yeah. The two backbones of us are materials have properties, and those are important as you design things, which every engineer in the world um, pretty much knows. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing that we want all children to walk away with, no matter what grade they're in, um, is that engineers tend to use a fairly structured process to solve problems. Um, And so one of the things we had to do is take that engineering design process and think about how to make it age appropriate for young children. And our collaborating teachers, again, our experts to the rescue, basically insisted we could have five steps and only five, the number of fingers on one hand, or their children would not remember it. And so we thought really carefully and worked closely with them and came up with Ask, imagine, plan, create, 
and improve. And so that sort of process obviously isn't linear, doesn't go exactly that way, but helps to orient students in the class to the activity that day. What is the purpose of today's activity? Today, we're going to try to figure out what we're doing and ask a lot of questions and brainstorm some ideas and think about what we know. Um, so that is something that engineers, no matter what level, um, do. And we really want to make sure kids walk away with our program understanding um, that we do this in, in a fairly you know, structured or at least logical way. Great, great. That was, let me see if I remember. Ask, imagine, create, plant, and improve. Uh, plan comes before create, hopefully. <laughs> oh, plan comes, yeah, there we go. Plan, create, improve. But, there. Good job, that man. would help, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you know, at the middle school level, we also have some middle school curricula for out-of-school time settings, and they can have eight steps. They're, you know, older, they can handle more. Mm. And our preschool curricula, which we're currently working on, um, those guys get even fewer, so they get three steps. Oh, so, but it's just that idea that, that making that idea of engineering, really that kind of forgotten letter of, of STEM, making it a little more accessible in elementary classrooms and middle school classrooms. Right. We like to say that every word needs a vowel. We're that vowel. So we're the E in STEM. <laughs> That's um, great. And, you know, I think the way most humans learn best is when you have a problem or a challenge that you're motivated to solve. Mm -hmm. um, I, students are no different. And so if you can give them a genuinely open-ended problem where there's multiple ways to address it, which is the case in engineering, mm -hmm. um, then kids can get very motivated and really surprise you um, with the degree to which they can come up with creative solutions, work together in teams, um, and continue to iterate through the process because engineering is never done. There's always a way that right. you can make the product better. And, and that's really exciting for kids. Yeah, yeah. And 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 just thinking through engineering, I mean, we, we, we're starting to see more, more emphasis put on not only engineering, but all of the science, technology, engineering, and math. You know, you've, you've been, you know, in, in this museum of science in Boston for a while. You've been working with EIE uh, for a while. Um, do you start to see the tide turning? Do you start to see that that teachers are becoming uh, more comfortable uh, with these things? Do you see more more focus on on these things? Well, there's certainly a lot more recognition and um, publicity about STEM, and there's more schools that um, are at least talking about it. I think at the elementary level, it still can be very challenging to squeeze in science, never mind engineering, when we have such a strong focus still on math and reading, but yeah. our, you need to read about something and doing math in a relevant way is also helpful. So I do think there's more attention now, certainly than there was 14 years ago when we started. I still yep. think it's a long way to go um, to you know design learning spaces where kids are invited to um, grapple with you know problems that are interesting and not driven only by the standardized test scores. Yeah. There, and, and, and for, for the educators out there listening, I mean, again, it's, there's so many things that you feel like you have to teach and accomplish in a, in a school day, in a school week, in a school year. And, and when engineering kind of, you get talked about and it's easy to push that to the side, we we're, we're both saying to you, look for those easy ways to incorporate it in and then to combine it with, 
with the rest of your curriculum. Find ways to get the kids to be reading about something. Um, or like you were talking about, like your, your curriculum actually incorporates some of those other subjects as well. Yeah, and we hear, I mean, we have research that we've done that shows that children learn the science concepts better when they um, do them with engineering than when they don't. Mm -hmm. um, so it does help, you know, with sort of that kind of learning. But we hear story after story from teachers um, who say that their students were able to participate um, in class and with each other and do things that they had never done before. So part of what I was interested in when I started the project is um, equity and access in education. And we set a goal for ourselves that whatever we developed um, would make be maximally inclusive for all students, girls, kids of different races and ethnicities, children with cognitive um, uh, or special education students. Yep. So we read the, a lot of the literature about that and worked really closely to make sure we were in classrooms that with high um, numbers of those students. And yep. what we hear is because the learning system is different, there are children who have never seen themselves as smart or particularly academic for whom this challenge is draws them in and allows them to re-engage with schools. Um, and teachers get very excited about that because if you can get the kids on task and learning and really engaging and engaging in ways that might be different from the sort of yeah. traditional school, yep. all of a sudden your job and their learning get a lot um, better and easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That we've, we've got so much instruction going on in our classrooms. If we can just add some more inspiration, uh, we're, we're going to go a long way with these with these kids, especially when they when they start running the world when when we're the ones that are old. So, yeah, uh, we like to say we want to create the next generation of problem solvers, whether yeah. they go into STEM careers or they go to become a teacher or a lawyer or, you know, a writer being able yeah. to solve a problem and use sort of data-driven ways to address it um, is extremely important. Yep. Um, yeah. so if we can help kids develop that set of, we call them habits of mind, but engineering sort of ways of participating and interacting with each other, we really equip them to you know, take on any of the challenges that will come their way in a more sort of systematic and guided way. Great, great. Well, Christine Cunningham, um, the founder of EIE, uh, works at Museum of Science in Boston. Uh, it's been it's been a very uh, great privilege being able to talk with you and, and hear your thoughts on on engineering and and in elementary and and also just to hear about the EIE program, EIE.org. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, any other last thoughts or, or parting thoughts, Christine? Um, just that I would encourage folks to, you know, give it a try. I think we are constantly amazed at what children are able to come up with an engineer. And it's just very inspirational um, to go into a classroom and watch these young kids innovate and participate in ways that um, give me hope for the next generation. Yeah, yeah. And and those kids are going to thank you for it. Those kids are going to going to thank the teacher on, on those days when they're when they're getting to create and you know, it's like this is like play. You know, it's it's playtime. That's that's the sneaky uh, secret that that engineers don't really want anybody to know. They're just playing and, and <laughs> making and creating. So, um, uh, thanks again for joining us, Christine. Uh, it's My been pleasure. a great privilege. My pleasure. And uh, 
And I, and I want to say, Christine was recently awarded the 2017 Harold McGraw uh, Prize in, in Education for all the great stuff that she's doing. So congratulations for that, Christine. Thank you. It's quite an honor. Yeah. And uh, as always, thanks for joining us on the STEM Everyday Podcast. Listen to all the great podcasts on Remarkable Chatter. And uh, as always, I'm Chris Woods, and we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.